This is Deanna Gosha with episode three of the Sojourn podcast. We can feel alone and disconnected due to the busyness of our lives. As Sojourn, we believe women should not travel alone. We connect with each other through our stories, letting us know we're not alone in our feelings or our circumstances. Join me each week as I teach, tell stories, or interview other women to help us connect with one another and see God's presence in our lives. If you've ever felt alone or disconnected, this podcast is just for you. Today, we're going to be talking about how God redeems our suffering and brokenness. I was sitting in the auditorium in San Diego at the Storyline Conference. John Richmond, an attorney fighting sex trafficking in India and other parts of the world, was speaking. He flashed a picture of his son on a swing in their backyard. He said, Without Mary Ellen Avery's life and her suffering, my son would probably not be alive today. And then he began to tell her story. Mary Ellen was born in New Jersey, where she had a happy childhood. Her neighbor, a female doctor, inspired her taking time to answer her questions and to go see premature babies with her. Her parents struggled financially, but did the best they could to provide an education for her. She ended up going to Wheaton and making it into John Hopkins for medical school, one of only four women. But after graduating, she contracted tuberculosis and had to go into seclusion in a sanitarium while recuperating, which took two long years. It was during this time that she started learning all she could about the lungs and how they functioned. This was her new ambition, to learn all she could about the lungs. Once she was well, she was able to begin her internship She took what she learned about the lungs and did further research to find out why premature babies' lungs would stop working. She discovered that there's a foamy substance that is missing with preemies. Once they developed the substance that could be sprayed into their lungs, the death rate for preemies with hyaline membrane disease, now called RDS, dropped dramatically. It's estimated that her work in this field saved over 800,000 babies' lives. I sat stunned. Tears started rolling down my face as I looked at the picture of Mary Ellen and as I heard her story. My son was born nine weeks early. He had hyaline membrane disease. I remember the doctor walking into my room on Christmas Day and saying, cheer up, he isn't gonna die great bedside manner, right? Then he went on. Now, if he'd been born 20 years ago, he probably would not make it, just like JFK's son died of this particular thing. But now we have medical treatment for him. He has about a 96% chance of making it. And he did make it. He was one of the 800,000. Here I was decades after his birth, just learning that this woman had saved my son's life, that somehow her story had been woven into mine, that she had taken her suffering and had used it for good. 
She could have given up when diagnosed with tuberculosis. Instead, she used it as a time to learn all she could about the lungs and then took her passion for premature babies and changed the world. Her time of suffering had been redeemed. I've had many times in my life where suffering and brokenness left me feeling hopeless. I wonder if you've ever felt that way, or maybe you're feeling that way right now. I've heard from so many people who are struggling right now in the middle of a pandemic where so many things are different and weird, where major plans have changed, weddings and careers and health. Some have lost loved ones. And even if something major hasn't happened, there's a feeling of being unanchored and a bit lost. Sometimes in the middle of our suffering, our brokenness, or our wandering away from God, we can feel so alone and so hopeless. And yet, the psalmist had something to say about that. Psalms 139.7.3.12 Where shall I go from your spirit? Oh, where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. God's story is one of pursuing us, of never leaving us alone, of bringing light into even the darkest of circumstances. His story for us begins at creation, and where he created all things, and he called it good. And humans, when he created us, he called us very good. Yet, we wanted more. And so sin entered the world through disobedience, something that within the story we call the fall. Ever since then, God has been working to bring redemption to the world. Woven throughout scripture is the story of the process of redemption, of his bringing Jesus to earth to redeem us. And one day, he will restore everything. He will make all things right. All suffering will disappear. All wrongs will be made right. All brokenness will be healed. But in the meantime, we're living in the messy middle of redemption. When we make the choice to follow Christ, we are woven into the story of redemption. Yet, there is still suffering and brokenness and pain. In the messy middle that we live in, we find that this suffering is physical, emotional, mental. That this suffering often is what someone has done to us. Or sometimes it's the results of our own choices. Sometimes it's things that happen for really no reason at all. Sometimes those are things that are due to systems that have been present for centuries. Joseph, whose story is found in Genesis, was no stranger to the messy middle, to suffering physically, mentally, and emotionally. Last episode, we talked about Joseph and how his brothers were jealous of him and angry at him. 
We talked about the beautiful coat that his father had woven for him, but how it became a symbol of favoritism, and it may have influenced Joseph to react to the dreams he had, not with patience, but with arrogance. Would God redeem the story of jealousy and rage and arrogance and favoritism? Joseph goes to visit his brothers, and instead of being welcomed warmly, he is thrown into a well by his brothers. They actually want to kill him, but his brother Reuben stops them. A caravan from Midian comes along, and the brothers sell him to be an Egyptian slave. He is pretty much bottomed out. They take his robe that has been woven for him and strip it off him. They tear it and smear it with animal blood, taking it to their father to convince him wild animals have killed his beloved Joseph. Meanwhile, Joseph is taken to Egypt and works in Potiphar's house and does so well that he is put in as a manager. But Potiphar's wife is after him and she chases him, grabbing, of all things, his cloak and accuses him of attacking her. Joseph is thrown in jail. While there, he interprets the dreams of some of Pharaoh's officials and is promised that they will remember him when they get out. One gets out, the other one loses his head. But the one who gets out forgets about him. So Joseph stays in jail for years until Pharaoh has a dream. And Joseph is remembered and interprets it and released. Then Joseph ends up being second in power to Pharaoh. His life is full of positive and negative turns, suffering at times, redemption from the suffering at times. Yet in the end, the whole picture that has been woven comes into view. The brothers come to Egypt looking for food because a famine has overtaken their land. Joseph, because of Pharaoh's dream, has been stockpiling food. He gives the brothers food and through a long series of events, reveals himself to the brothers and the father. They are scared and he tells them that what they meant for evil, God meant for good. And that is the story of redemption. That God can take the mess and redeem it. It didn't take away Joseph's suffering through the years. It didn't take away his father's suffering, but good came out of it. The family was saved from starvation. Redemption has different looks. It doesn't always mean that a situation will work out the way we want. It might look like us being able to identify with Jesus in his suffering, or our growing in intimacy with God, or learning compassion from our suffering and in turn being able to help others through similar situations. Or maybe our character being changed for the good. And often it takes time, just like Joseph's story, to see that redemption come to pass. It took years before Mary Ellen Avery was able to see the suffering she endured be redeemed. It took years for Joseph to see the suffering he endured be redeemed. Do we trust God enough to believe that he will redeem the suffering we have encountered or that we are presently encountering? Can we keep doing the next right thing 
and not be paralyzed in our suffering. As we end today, I have a few questions for you to think about. What is a physical challenge that you have overcome? What is a trait that you have that helps when you are enduring something hard? What are you struggling with right now? Where can you find hope in the middle of the suffering? Each podcast, we will end with a few questions to think about. You might want to get a journal to write your answers to keep, or you might want to get together with a conversation partner or a group of friends and share the answers with each other. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook as Sojourn Women. Thanks for joining me as we talked about how God redeems our suffering. Make sure you tune in for our next episode as we continue with our series called Woven.